Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. Man, I appreciate the team today leading us. And just, you know, there's just certain mornings where you're just like, man, that's good. Just every, all the, all the instruments playing and the singers and sound, it's just like it's coming together. And, you know, uh, you know, certain mornings, you know, you go to life, right? You're like, something's not working here. A light's burned out. What's going on? It was just this moment here. But then I realized what was really going on is I was, I was sensing God's presence. I was sensing what he's doing in the moment. I hope, hopefully you sense the same as well. And if you didn't, that's okay. But, but if you, what I would encourage you to kind of recognize that a little bit, there's something different here. It's not as much as it was wonderful. The whole team did fantastic today. I, I go, no, there's more than that. There's something God is doing. It's him. He, he's at work in your life and, and maybe you don't always recognize it or not. I think coming to church helps us recognize it a little bit more. And so I'm glad you're here today. If you're new with us, I see a lot of new faces here again this morning. We, we hope that you have a good experience with us, but what you'll find here is not very perfect people, okay? We don't have it all together, and you're, you're kind of going, I'm glad you don't, because we really don't. And, and so I hope you sense that, but I do believe there's a genuine desire to, to get to know you as much as you want to get to know us. And so come you can leave and when you want to get to know us and come back you can do that but if today's the day you want to fill out one of the connection cards as mentioned in the video we'd love to connect with you afterwards and have something for you and just to make that connection another opportunity some connections typically today is our is our, our communion sunday uh with all the events and things going on we just had our good friday so we 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 we, we held off in having a congregational time today however we still want to make communion available and so after the service there is communion to go and so you can grab those on the way out and and you, you know it's it's in this little cup and here's the idea with it is if you want to take a moment even at the end Roxana is, is, is going to be leading us in the back and if you just want to have a moment of communion she'd love to serve you and do that for you at that moment but you also can take it with you and not only for you as an individual but if you're a small group leader take a few for your group and have communion in your small group this week if you haven't done that for a while I'm hoping our group can do that this week I just got to remember to take some with me as well or you get crackers and juice and do whatever you want in your week and be a part of that but we wanted to offer that to you this morning and just one other couple other things are happening is um we are part of a wonderful ministry that we support and partner with is called the bridge and many of you know the, the story with them. They got flooded and then relocated. And it's just, it's going really well getting back on the road. But there is a need for food. And, you know, certain times of the year, you know, there's food drives. And what you find is actually in the spring and summer, it's getting kind of low because usually in the fall and Christmas, everybody's very benevolent. Summer, not so much. And so we want to help with the thinness that's going on in the bridge. They serve, what, 45, 50 meals a week. And basically it's, it's groceries as well as some other um, prepared food that they receive as donation. So we want to restock that, that, that food source. And so I'm inviting you to bring a sack of groceries. I, I'm, I think we could bring 50 bags of groceries by next week based on the people that are here. And so this next couple of weeks, we want to do that. And the things that they're looking for um, are not canned beets or weird canned food, okay? Okay. <laughs> People are in need, but they're not that desperate, okay, to eat that stuff. You're like, I love canned beets. Okay, let's give them some food they want, like macaroni and cheese, peanut butter, canned tuna, canned chicken, veggies, fruit, soups, things like that. Get some food. Like, oh, I would eat that. They probably want that too, okay? And so if you would go this week on your list, and, and maybe you do as I do digitally, you're just making a shopping list right now. You're doing that and putting some things in the, in the cart 
the Instacart and, and pick those up this week. That would be great. And drop those groceries off. Next week, there'll be a spot downstairs. You'll, you'll see a sign there for that. Hopefully, we can collect some groceries for that. And then a couple more things is tomorrow evening is a very special thing. A few times a year, we do these things called family gatherings. Tomorrow is a very special time as we're actually celebrating 20 years as a church. April 20th, 2003, North Bay started with the public services on Easter of that, that year, and here we are still here, and we're still kicking it. And so we would love for you to come tomorrow evening. We have a potluck. Basically, that means you bring the food. Uh, we will do bring back by, by just popular demand and nostalgia is dogs on the deck. We're going to actually have dogs on the deck. We haven't had that for a few years. So some hot dogs as well as you bring some salad, main dish, dessert, Whatever you want, I know there's a list by last name. You can find that if that's helpful for you to do that. Six o'clock here, we're going to have a time of sharing. We're going to reminisce a little bit. We're going to hear what God's doing currently, and then we're going to move toward the future. I hope you can take the extra time. You're going, man, I go into church two nights in a row. Like, what would that do for you? How amazing would that be uh, to be a part of it? So I hope you can spend some time with us tomorrow. I'm re I always look for these times that we have together. And then finally, next weekend, we're really excited. We, we're, we're doing water baptisms in the service. There'll be a time even during our worship time we'll be baptizing people, people that are willing to take the plunge in their faith commitment to Christ. You know, the Bible talks about uh, by grace we are saved through faith, and that's true. We receive God's grace, we are saved, we're going to heaven. But one of the next steps in being obedient is actually baptism. It's showing everybody what God's done in your heart. Inwardly, you're showing the whole world. You're letting everybody know that, uh, at least the people gathered here and the family and friends that will be gathering. So if you want to be baptized or you know someone's interested, they can mark on the connection card. I believe there's a, a spot there to say, I want to be baptized. Fill that card out and drop it off, and we'll get a hold of you. There will be an orientation next Sunday morning early before this service. Uh, Dave, our leader, will be reaching out to you this week with those details for that if you sign up today if you haven't done that. Cool? So that's a lot right there. Um, we are kind of making the, the turn here this week, and then next week we're going to be wrapping up on our series called Once for All. And as you can see, as we've been putting the focus on the cross, which we should always be doing that, especially in this series. Once for all, what does that mean? Well, the last 10 chapters that we read in the book of Hebrews been all of that. It's been focused on what Jesus has done. He is the great high priest. He is the atoning, perfect sacrifice. No more need to be done once for all and for all. And we're just thinking, Jesus, thank you. We, we, we celebrated that over Easter, and of course, and then the resurrection that led to that. But ultimately, what happens is now, what happens, and it, it, it's wonderful, but then pretty soon there's a turn. There's a turn that takes place, and last weekend we, we saw the turn where it was focused not just on Jesus, but what Jesus has done through, by faith, some people that were listed in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. And we read through those, and if, hopefully this, a couple weeks ago you had an opportunity to read those if you're doing our growth guide you realize that, wow, these people are pretty messed up people. <laughs> these pretty flawed people. But what was characteristic about the heroes of faith was they, they had faith. They took the risks that God had called them to. And today, we're going to talk about, well, guess what? It's our turn. It's our turn as we're going to turn the corner here. But before we jump into our turn, look, look, let's just go back a second. It says these, these men and women, these heroes of faith, it says, I it says this, they, they were destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. But look at this. It says, the world was not worthy of them. 
They wandered in deserts and mountains and lived in caves and in holes. Men and women of old, men and women of the Old Testament that we can point to, heroes of faith, they made huge sacrifices. In fact, just listed in Hebrews and in all of the Bible, you recognize not everything was recorded in history is in the Bible. Okay, it's God's authority and word. So there's a lot of heroes of faith that are not even mentioned. Their names are not even in there. That one day we'll get to meet in heaven. But these, are, these are people that, that sacrifice, lay down countless people in Scripture that, that don't, aren't listed, but they, they, they were there for the cause what God had. And this is what it says. They were all commended for their faith. Commended means to be esteemed, admire, and we go, way to go. That's amazing. But I find it interesting in this is it says this, that none of them received what had been promised. What is, what's going on? They, they, weren't, they weren't really rewarded, right? Now, you know, I mean, I think there was some blessing that came. I wasn't saying there wasn't, but ultimately rewarded, not on this earth. But what it did is it paved the way. Look at verse 40, the, the last verse here of Hebrews 11. It says, since God has planned something better for us, said so not only with us would they be made perfect something better for us you know guy was thinking you think that's amazing you think what happened there was incredible and it was but check this out something well how about this some someone is going to be better jesus is the better jesus was the one to bring us together. He was the one to make us perfect before an almighty God. He is the promise that was fulfilled. Before, even those heroes of faith never fully experienced this promise of true salvation to experience. It, it, meant, it meant this is that for us, those who turn our life over, that there's this complete work of the cross that was done. And then through his resurrection, we experience this life. And then... Bible talks about that that not only the life that Jesus gave is the life in us through his very Holy Spirit that he would empower every every believer. And and so when we read this, the Hebrew writer says something better for us. It was he was speaking to those Hebrew, the people there. We again we don't know the writers, we don't know the author of the right, but he had some experience as a Hebrew, as a person that that knew the Jewish faith, and he's speaking to a Jewish audience. The people have turned to Jesus to be their to be their Messiah. He's saying to us as those us back then. But guess what? He's speaking to us today. We are the us in this story. Those of us who have turned our life over to Jesus. So we make this turn, not only turn to what Jesus has done and accomplished, not only to these people, but to us. The us is really as we go into chapter 12. Here we go. If you hopefully had an opportunity to read this week, chapter 12 of Hebrews, it says this. It says it starts off in verse 1. It says, therefore. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about this. What's the therefore? Well, you always go back to what was before. What was ever before was the therefore. So we got to look at what was it, and then we got to look at what's the therefore for. Well, here it is. Therefore. Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, a cloud of witnesses, what we're going to get into, what we're going to find is these next few verses, the writer is familiar with the Greek culture. The, the, the writer needs to understand it was, he's speaking when a cloud of witnesses, he's speaking to, speaking to, the, to, the, to the amphitheater, 
to the, if you've watched Gladiator, you know what I'm talking about, the, the, the Roman Colosseum. That's really what's in mind. And the Roman Colosseum was the only place. They had these places where they put on, well, which we know, the modern-day games, the Olympic games. They had in Athens and in, in Greece and then passed into Rome, these Roman games where people gathered. Those are the cloud of witnesses that were there. They're, they're the people that are in the stands. I know growing up for me, it meant a lot to have people that I knew in the stands cheering me on for whatever event I was doing. As I, I looked out in my, my, you know, kindergarten choir at Christmas, there was my mom and dad, you know, and, and, I, and I know, you ever see the kids, your kids do that, you get up there and then they all wave, they're waving to mom and dad, you remember those days doing that, it's so cute, we see that, and then you get older and like, don't do that, that's weird, don't keep waving, and hi mom, hi dad, and, but, but they really were important to have, when I looked out, I saw people that I knew, that, that, and I remember, you know, when my dad passed away and I, I was playing basketball in high school and, and I looked out, my dad wasn't in the stands, but you know who was in there? His brother, my uncle. My uncle Pat was there and, and cheering me on. And, and now they're all not in the stands anymore on earth. They're in the stands of heaven. There's a great cloud that that are there cheering me on and, and cheering us on. And so we all need, I don't care how old you are, you need a cheering section. You need people there to encourage you, to help you, and because we get discouraged a lot, don't we? Life gets tough, and you went through this week, you experienced it probably. So I find it interesting, though, that the great cloud of witnesses, that actual word also means martyr. The great cloud of witnesses, what it what makes sense, right? Because it's talking about it's talking about the Hebrew, therefore, what was there for? It was all the heroes of faith. What were they? Most of them, if not all of them, were martyred for their faith. They laid down their life for the cause of Jesus, for the cause of what God had. And so these martyrs are there. They, they, uh, they, they basically suffered greatly. And not only you think about what they went through, now you think of the church and fast forward over the last 2,000 years. Men and women were thrown to lions in prison, tortured, burned at the stake to get the Bibles to people. People were boiled in oil alive to bring the gospel to the unreached nations of the world. Even today, thousands of people across the world, you can look up, go to the Voice of the Martyrs and different web pages to see statistics of thousands of people are dying for their faith, even in our those are martyrs. Those are the great cloud of witnesses that add are added to. So therefore, man, it speaks of a lot of people in our past. It also speaks of our grandparents. It speaks of maybe our parents. It speaks of the very people that were been a part of this church for the last 20 years. The people that have, have invested and had a season here and moved away. People that went and started in other churches and went off and did different things. There was a season here. People gave and supported the work, what God's doing. And we stand on their shoulders of them being a great cloud of witnesses as well. People worked and prayed. And tomorrow evening, we, we will celebrate and we reap the benefits. And people that are still in this room, they're still giving and, and, and participating in the life of the church. Therefore, therefore is us. Here's, here's our thought for today. Therefore, it's our turn to be the us. Therefore, today, it's our turn to be the us. It's time for us. And for us to be the ones the baton has been passed. We're the us. Can you turn to the person to your right and say, you're the us? Okay? Turn, turn, turn the opposite and say, it's your turn. 
Okay, all right. There was an awkward moment, or you just met your new best friend, okay, today is your opportunity, right? We're, it's, we're, you know, this is us. We're the us. We're the people. We, we, we need to recognize that, that, and with that goes, okay, well, will it cost like them? Maybe. We don't know in our lifetime what's happening. We've gone through a lot in this world the last few years. You know, and the end times just get closer and closer, right? We're in the end times. Yeah, we've been in it for a few thousand years. We're still getting closer to it. And so faith takes some steps of being, sees cloud of witnesses. But, but therefore, it's our turn. It's our turn to step out of the stands. It's our turn to, to take the responsibility that's handed to us, to be the ones, to be the ones to do that. You know, these Greek Olympic games, they, 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 the, the whole Bible, the illustration of the New Testament is filled with it. You know, it's a Greek culture. Greek and Roman culture. And so they talked about like this idea this, that you run a race. Now, some of you are runners. You, you're just a great runner. You're like, yeah, I run. And you know, and you don't brag about it. Like, yeah, I just ran, you know, I just ran 10 miles today. And it's like, well, you know, I broke a sweat and everything. And some of us are like, I'm just like driving 10 miles in my car and I'm tired, okay? You know, it's like some of you are great. Your marathons, your 5K, your Ragnar, that's great, right? It's really good that you do that, and it's good to get exercise with that. But you still run a race, don't you? It's called the human race, right? Some of you, it's the rat race that we, we get caught up into. But we are, if you follow Jesus, we really are in a race. It's the Christian race. And so the metaphor works for all of us. And really what we need to recognize is that, the, the, that it gets steeper and it gets harder. If you're very young right here, can I tell you that life will get harder? You're like, oh, that's not nice. It will. Now, will it get sweeter along the way? Well, it depends on our attitude, right? But it will get harder, and it will get steeper, and sometimes it flattens, and sometimes there's downhill, and there's coasting. There's, there's a moments of the ebb and flow that goes with life, but life is hard, but the goal is not to quit. That's really what this writer is saying to the Hebrew people, like, we sang it this morning about persevere and I will pursue you, Lord. Really, that's the message that, that comes into Hebrews chapter 12. Paul, the other, one of the other writers, a lot of the New Testament, talks about run the race. And he says this, run in such a way to win. You're like, I don't know why you run what you're doing to get in shape. I get that. But there's a goal at the end. There's a goal at the end. It's hard. It's difficult. It's 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 struggle what's there, but they're to run. I don't know about you, I want to run the race to win at the end. Well, what do we get? Well, well, we'll get to that here. So if you're here this morning and, and you want to take some notes, you got them on the, on the screen here, you can fill them in. If you're online, you can grab them in our QR code. But here's, here's some thoughts here, practical ways to say it's our turn to run the race. Here's some helpful things. I hope that this can be for you today. First is this, it's letting go and living light. If you're going to run the race, you've got to let go in living light. I think you've noticed in recent years, when you, if, you, if you've flown, is you kind of get charged for everything. Have you done that? You fill out, you click, I want a ticket. Oh, do you want to sit together? Okay, extra $50 there. Oh, do you want oxygen on the flight? That's going to be a little bit more, okay? A la carte keeps adding to that. And one of those things we learn is to avoid, like, paying for luggage, you know, for baggage, you decide, you know what, I'm going to take it all on the plane. And have you, have you been there where you sit down and then you look and there's, there's always the one guy, and there's some ladies who do this, but one guy that's, he brought this big duffel bag. I don't know how they let him in. It wasn't it's beyond the specifications of size, but he's attempting, he's the light guy too. There's really not much overhead space. 
And I'm just going, bro, it ain't going to fit. You know, other people come up there and help them. It's not going to fit. I mean, you've got like some arms sticking out here. This isn't, this isn't going to fit in the overhead compartment. And I think we do that in life sometimes. We're like, it doesn't fit. We, we start to cram things in and we try to make things. And it really, in our culture of affluence and abundance, is kind of a problem sometimes. And it can affect our faith. We really have kind of too much stuff. And it's interesting, it, it says this, you know, therefore, since we're surrounded by a great kind of witnesses, and it says this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I noticed this, pointing out, is that there's a difference between the, the hindrance, or, the, or the, 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 the hinders and the sin. That there's actually some things that they're different. And so there's things in our life that are not necessarily sin, but they hinder us. They're morally neutral, but they, but they really don't, let us live a little freer and a little lighter pursuing God in, in the race. So they're, they're holding us back. It's like wearing a backpack and, you know, you're trying to run a race. we got to empty that backpack a little bit. It's holding us back. So it, it kind of works like this. You know, comfort is not a bad thing unless safety is not a bad thing unless influence is not a bad thing unless money is not a bad thing unless a relationship. It's not a bad thing unless social media watching. It, it, it's, it's not a bad thing unless having stuff isn't a bad thing, but unless, unless it hinders you and furthering pursuing what God has for you. I think we we gotta learn to purge sometimes. We gotta learn. We hang on to things so much. You, your, your, your thinking springs around the corner. Some of us are hoping for that, right? We're gonna go and spring cleaning comes. I'm like, I gotta clean my garage. There's stuff that piles up. I don't know about you. If you buy a lot of things online, do you notice how much cardboard you're you're bringing? Like, I should have invested in cardboard a few years ago, okay? Because there's so much cardboard, so much stuff. We clean it out. It feels so good to be clean, doesn't it? it feels so good that clutter. God, you know what is cluttering your life right now? That it's, it's not necessarily sin, but it's holding you back. And to get, to get focused. Let me ask, what are you justifying your life that's hindering you from running lighter? In other words, how can you be freed? Are you doing too much, not sinful, but it's wrong for the season you're in? Are you wearing yourself out and doing some things for others that you're going, wait a second, they need to be doing that for themselves. Is there some things that that you need to stop doing. There's some things you need to start doing. There's some things you need to streamline to downsides, to lighten your load. You have so many things that are pulling you away to the very thing that you need to be doing as we we'll talk about pursuing him and the priorities are there. So evaluate that. But recognize this. In there is going to be baggage in life and guess what? There's things that are be clearly that are wrong for you because it is wrong and it is sin. Sin quickly can trap you and hold you up big time. It, writer says, you know, where it hinders you, but the sin that so easily entangles. So easily entangles, does it? Sin does that, doesn't it? It just, it, it really does that. It really, it really holds us back, and it, it, it deteriorates our life. You know, puts us in debt, it makes us addicted, it, it undermines trust, it creates distance, not only with the people that we sin against and close relationships like marriage and our kids or parents, whatever it is, but also our relationship with God. It holds us back. Oh, what a tangled web we weave, don't we? And we get caught in it. I don't know about you, but living a double life is pretty exhausting, isn't it? 
and you're trying to, well, they talk about sin manage over here and then try to live the good life here. It's like, we've got to reconcile that. We, that's what we do when we come to a place of repentance. So maybe that's for you today. Let me ask, what are you, t- what are you tangled up with that you need to be forgiven of? Take some time before you leave today. And even under your breath prayer that, that Jake encourages, the Spirit comes in, God, i got to confess that to you. We inhale, but we exhale. And say, God, I let that go. I let that go so I can live life. Another thing is this. If you want to run to win, is pace is the key in finishing well. Pace is the key. We've all seen the race, or you've ran the race. Remember as a kid, you're like, you're doing the turkey trot or some kind of race and everything. It's always the kid that runs really fast ahead, but pretty soon you you run out of gas because you didn't pace yourself. We know that in life, but we don't pace ourselves very well. We we go off adrenaline more than really recognizing the the Christian race is is a marathon, not a sprint. He says this, Hebrew writer says, let us run with perseverance. Now, that's not a really fun word, right? Perseverance. But it means steadfastness, endurance, steadiness. This is hard to live in a fast-paced world. Even if your, your schedule is not filled, it's filled with, with things that are, again, back to the clutter piece, but your time is valuable. Your energy is valuable. You have to look at your life and go, where, where is it draining me? Where am I finding life? And one of the practical things is learning Sabbath in our life. Can I tell you a secret little thing about pastors? They're the worst at Sabbath. If you, I'm just telling you, because we're on on Sunday, and I don't know where you find your day of rest. You serve in the church, and it's a busy all day. I have to find another day, and I have that day. Man, there's a lot of things that get squeezed in because that, I don't have it with me. It's over there in the chair. That thing, will, that thing will chirp at me on odd hours of the day. And even when I try to silence things, it somehow finds me uh, in there. And it, it pulls me away. Not because it's the people's fault. It's me having, no, I need, I need a breather. All of us need to find rest, to learn this pace. I love this wonderful invitation Jesus gives us to this pace. It's found in Matthew 11. It's the passage where it talks about the yoke, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But listen to this. Listen to this version in the message. It says this. This is Jesus speaking to you right, right here. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. And watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Could you raise your hand if that's you? You would like that in your life? How many would like that in your life? I hope we all would. Live freely and lightly. There's a pace that we're to keep in our life. Let me ask, when and where will you do this daily and even weekly? In our growth guides, in the back of the book, there's spiritual practices that are connected with the series. One of those is practicing Sabbath. So you're going, I don't really know how to do that, like biblically, how to, what I, is a day off, or what is that? There's a guide, and there's one page that helps you how to do this. But it's relinquishing, letting go, and, and then reflecting on the Lord and taking time. And it, there's many reasons why you won't do that. One of the reasons you won't do it is because you think you're too important in this life. You'll, you actually think, I got to do this because if I don't, no one else will. Well, you just flip what God's job is and your job is. You're not the most important person in the world. I'm sorry. I'm an only child. I thought it all revolved around 
about me, but it doesn't. It, it, I'm not, I, there's others, gonna, there's a day, God, God gives Sabbath as a gift. Jesus says not working for the Sabbath, the Sabbath is a gift for us. Are you taking time and taking that break? And I tell you, I've seen people not do that and have burned out. And they, they, I tell you, success is not stardom, it's steadfastness. And longevity, I tell you, man, if it, it's, it's character development in our life that we go and we can outpace ourselves. And so we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta catch, we gotta be sure that nothing gets in the way. And I think we allow along lines as this, is sometimes we make excuses why we're not running the race. I found people over life, and this is in another area, kind of sub-part of this is, we, we lose our pace, we lose our momentum because we look to other people that they either compare ourselves, like I can't be like them, or going, oh my gosh, look at them, what they did. And we get, dis- we get distracted. If you're watched a runner, and, and maybe you learn this, I, I'm not a track coach, but if you've been coached, you know, you're running the race, you're not to really look behind you. Do you ever see people, they're always looking behind them, who's, if they're catching up? And, you know, a good track coach says, keep your eyes forward. Keep moving forward. Don't look behind. And, and, and I think I, there's, there's times, though, we can be, play the victimhood that someone along is running with us, and they're almost cutting us off. And like there, there's something that got in our way or somebody got in our way. And Paul addresses that. He says this, you're running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? It's a great question. Because we can make excuses all day long. You're like, well, you know, they're running, they're running on this. And like I'm running on a gravel path. And it's dirt and it, I'm tripping. It's messy. And they seem to have smooth surface along lines how can how can we do that well you've heard this before we're just staying in our lane because if if we're trying to run someone else's race wait a second that's not that's not what we're to do that we're, we're to run our own race our own to stay in our own path and when we trip and when we fall and we do it it's all about what do we do when we do fall well i love this phrase what we do is to fail forward. We learn from it. We dust ourselves off. We get back on the track, and we keep going forward. To run, to win means we need to know where we're heading. And this is the next thing to say is this. It's our turn means this, to be eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. We all, we all live the rocky years, right? Eye of the tiger. Eye of the prize. Imagine, you maybe have this happen, and you, you know, or it's kind of silly where I'm going with this. But imagine if you were... Um, in little league or maybe you're a little league coach and and basically your team that you're part of you're practicing every day and the coach is cheering you on you're doing great you're doing great great improvement guys and everything pretty soon along the lines someone goes hey coach when are we going to play some games when is the schedule coming out to play games and the coach goes ah we don't need to play any games we don't need to play we're you guys are just we're just here to have fun we're just enjoying it. I don't think the two-hour workouts and the runner, you know, we, we want to play to win, don't we? We want a goal in mind. All of us are do that. And that's just true in life. We're created with purpose, not mere existence. And it's interesting, and I mentioned already here, is the Hebrew writer says, to run with perseverance, he says this, the race marked out for us. The race marked out for us. You are not, and I are not called to run someone else's race. As I said earlier, we're, we stay in each, we're going to stay in our lane. And our lane can look different than other people's lane. It could be easier, it could be harder. But we're not to focus on the other lanes. We're not to focus on other people. Though we care for people and help people, encourage people. But we have our r- race to run. I don't know what that looks like for you. 
Some of us, it's, it's flat surfaces and it's going well, but then some days it's not, right? And we cry out at times as we look at others going, hey, this is not fair. And we learn way back, you know, someone sat us down probably five, six years old and said, life's not fair. And it's not. That's why we have to think, we don't know we don't want to run in other people's lanes because we don't know their story. We don't know their upbringing. We don't know their personality. We don't know the specific lessons God's teaching them. They have different assignments that God has for them to accomplish. We are to run the race marked out for us. What is your race? What are you called to do? Do that. Stay focused on the prize. What's the prize? Jake gave it away already in our prayer time. It's him. Fix, what does it say? Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. I like how Chris said it, the founder, the founder of our faith, the founder and finisher of faith. You might actually have that in your translation. I love that. The, 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 I thought of this, fix our eyes on Jesus. I caught myself a little bit this week going, man, I love, I love things getting fixed. Fixed, Right? We love, we, we fix things. We, and when things are broken, we want to fix them. And sometimes it's easier with stuff. It's hard with people. I look for fixes, and I even pray for fixes. How about you? I even tell God how to fix it. Have you done that before? God, if you could just do this and this and this, that would be really great. Thank you, Lord. Like, oh, he's like, I think I got this figured out more than you do. Let me answer it in the way I'm going to answer it in my time in which I'm going to answer it. I get fixated on the fixes. I want the fix. What do I need to do? I need to be fixated on my Lord and my Savior. The Bible says a fix, it means just to gaze intently. It means not to look to the right or to the left. It's like the horse with the, the bind, uh, blinders. It's fixed ahead. And, and, and what it is? Well, he's the greatest example. We are to fix our eyes on him. It says fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Pioneer, what does that mean? It means the author. It means the founder of it. So when you gave your life to Jesus, guess what? He already took care of what needed to take care of on the cross. When, you, when he signed his blood, gave you permission to enter the race in the first place. And now is to run it. What? To be a perfecter of us. Positionally, we stand before the throne of God, pure perfect before the Father, but you know and I know you're not perfect in this world and on this earth. We're positionally perfect, but we're far from perfect. What's happening? We are being made perfect. That's that process of sanctification toward perfection that's happening. So we are we fix our eyes not on ourselves, not on others who are flawed, but we fix on him. How do we do it? Because of his example. What does it say? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy? Wasn't it painful? Un unimaginable. It wasn't just the physical pain that Jesus went through. It was the spiritual pain of taking the entire sins of the entire world, all hell thrown at him that was there, and he endured that. Why? Because he had you and I in mind. He could think, as Chris mentioned earlier, he wasn't just one track. He can think of us multidimensionally and multi-people all at the same time for the joy sent before him. It was his passion that he went to the cross for us. And he accomplished that work. And what did he do when he ascended to heaven? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of heaven. Sat down. 
you read about this and, and you read in Hebrews 1 and 8 and 10 about what that really meant. Now it comes back again in chapter 12. And what it means is that he did the work. And when you accomplish the work and it's done once for all, what do you do when you're done? You sit down. He sat not only in the completion of that work, but he sat at the right hand of the throne of God because that is the authority of Jesus as well for you and I. Aren't you thankful for that? He is the one. He ran before us. He ran the race already and accomplished it. We are now to run ours, but it's fixed on him. He is the prize at the end of the finish line. I'm looking forward to heaven someday when, I'm, when I died 120 in my sleep, okay? That's what I'm hoping for. That seems like I'm going to be really old. But we want, but what we'll get, yeah, we'll get a reward, but he is our reward. The great cloud of witnesses, the people that went ahead, guess what? We're going to be there as well. Ultimately, what Jesus did is the example for us. And in Hebrews, right, he concludes with this. Consider him who endured such op opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. I invite our team to come as we pray. We're going we're gonna to end with that today. And all that Jesus done and all that he accomplished, let me ask this question for you this morning. Are you growing weary and losing heart? Are you fatigued in this race that we're on? If you want to tap out of this race, you can't. And I recommend you don't do that, in, in, ultimately in life. But even as a follower of Jesus, don't do it. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's, we get going and we get tired and we get winded. There's a pace that the Lord wants for us. There's a, there's a race. We can lose speed and we, lose, we get distracted and we lose focus. But are you willing to look again in the eyes of Jesus that all that he's done and all that he's accomplished to fixate on him for just a moment to do that? I want to invite you to do that. I'd like, in fact, I would like you to bow your head as we go to prayer. I feel just led to read the scripture one more time to you of this invitation for you. Because I believe it speaks to each of us today. It speaks to people going, boy, I need this during my week. Boy, I do good on Sundays, but during the week, I'm it's tough. Some of you are in a season right now going, no, it's tough in the season I'm in. I'm tired. I'm weary. You could get a good night's sleep, but you're still tired because it's called weariness. And I want you to hear Jesus. And as you do, I want you to picture Jesus, however you want to picture him. It might be him looking down in the throne and seeing you, and you're, you're just eye to eye with him. You're looking him in the eye. You're seeing Jesus as you see as a, as a shepherd walking on a dusty road in, in Israel. You might picture him in heaven. You might picture him on the cross looking down at you. However, however you want to see Jesus, just picture him right now. And as you do, I want you to hear these words that he's saying an invitation to you. He's saying this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly.
let that soak in right now. This is the Lord's invitation to you to come into this place, this place of rest, this place of peace, this place of pace with him. It's not a quitting thing. It's a relinquishing thing. Maybe today you're, you're going on and you're going, man, I'm carrying some burdens right now. My backpack is really heavy and it is not fitting in the compartment of my heart right now. It cannot go in the overhead bin. It's too much. The Lord wants to lighten your pack. What do you need to let go of? What are some things that are cluttering your life that are holding you back? Give those to the Lord today. Maybe there's some decisions you need to make physically this week, some conversations to have with people, to set some boundaries of what you can and can't do. The Lord would give you wisdom and we'll pray for you. But is there a sin that so easily entangles you? Is there a besetting sin, as Scripture talks about, that's holding you back? It's a habit. It's an addiction. Talk to somebody. Confess that to somebody. The Bible says if you confess your sins, you can be healed. If you confess it to one another. What is that today that you need to offload to ask the Lord to forgive you? Is it you you got distracted? Are you are you been focusing on other people's lanes and not on your own? Just tell the Lord, Lord, I've been I've been off. I've been fixing my problems. I'm not fixating on you, Lord. You're the one. You're the founder and the finisher of my faith. You're the pioneer. You're the perfecter. You're the you're the one that I start with, and you're the one that's gonna finish. Lord, I want to run to win. I want to run perseverance, this race, Lord, you marked out for. Lord, the race you have for me, Lord. I, I come back to that today to be focused and fixated on you. You are the reward I receive. If there's some here today that are burdened and laying down, the Lord wants you to place that at the feet of the cross today once again before you leave this place. For those here that Jesus isn't the founder and finisher of your faith. In fact, today's the day. Today, Right here, April 23rd, 2023, can you be your day of the founding of your faith of Jesus by receiving him as your Lord and your Savior today? May this be your, your day. Whatever way the Lord's leading you. Let me, let me just pray for us. God, we come in here with different needs and different places and different legs of the race. Some of us are really encouraged in everything you're doing. Lord, we, we love that people. We want to be around people like that. And so, Lord, if we're that people, Lord, may we continue. To, to continue to keep the pace and help others, encourage them on, be the, the cheer section for others. But others of us here, Lord, we're, we're pretty weary and we're tired. And so, Lord, you give us this invitation to come. Come and you, we place our burdens upon you. You have, you have big shoulders that you want to carry those. But you carried them all the way to the cross for us, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Some of us have been distracted. Our problems have we've been kind of like Peter we've been out on the water taking risks but we've been looking at the waves and the wind and and now we're just we're, we're pulled away and we're sinking Lord and you just said look at me look at me and you're saying to that person right now in this place look to me I sat down at the throne of heaven because I I paid the price I I considered it pure joy I considered it I considered joy that to do this I my passion for you so to walk into that place walk into the receive me receive all that I have for you you can do it my very spirit to help you encourage you Lord may we do that for one another encourage each other toward what you have this great calling in you that we have 
And God, I pray that over all of us as we go from this place, Lord, in your strength, in your power, fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to stand in this final song together. And just this invitation to let go and to be free today. And you're going, man, I'm wearing a backpack a little bit. I'm kind of holding back on some things. I just need some prayer. I've got some wonderful people here in the back to do that with you. On the way out, if you'd like to receive communion, to do it with Roxanne, she'd love to do that with you as well as with you for your group this week. But let's just close in this final song before you leave. And if you need prayer, again, we're here for you.